Thank you for joining us at Praise Chapel Paramount. We hope you enjoy this message from our annual youth and young adults event called Amplify Conference. This year's theme was Nowhere. Taken from John 6, many followers of Jesus abandoned him after hearing what they thought to be hard teaching. Jesus then looked at the 12 disciples and asked if they were leaving too. Peter's response is profound as he says, where else can we go? You have the words of eternal. Jesus needs to be our only option, and in effect, we have nowhere else to go. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoy this message. How you guys doing? Yes, fine. Okay. You guys can sit down. Thank you. So I'm excited to be here. Um, Amplify 2019. Man, I, I don't know what happened. It just went by super fast. And I'm just excited to be here. I, I really believe Jesus has put a word on my heart um, to speak to you guys tonight. But before I begin, I, I want to thank the people that were here last night. I want to thank all the baby churches here that help get this conference to go. So we got Bell Gardens, Torrance, um, Paramount, Gardena. Did I miss some? Pedro. Anybody else? And Walnut Park. All right. And lastly, I want to thank my beautiful wife. Only she really knows how stressful I can be. So getting prepared for this conference, um, she's been a very big supporter of me. She's been by my side. She's been dealing with how stressful I can be, dealing with how crazy I can be. Um, So thank you. Thank you for being a a very big supporter for me. Um, I want to get right into this because I I truly believe, like I said, that the word of God, that, that I have a word of God for you guys. I want you to turn your Bibles to John chapter 4. And this is going to be my main text today. Uh, I'm, I'm going to read quite a few scripture right now. So be prepared to listen. If your neighbor is falling asleep, if your neighbor is not paying attention, give them a little nudge. You know, make sure that they're paying attention because I believe that, that God has a word for you guys today. So turn your Bibles to John chapter 4. And I'm going to read the whole story and then I'm going to pray. So you guys should have it on the screen. So... Starting with verse 7, it says this. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because the disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, You would ask me, and I would give you living water. But, sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus said. 
I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, yeah, you're, you're right. You don't have a husband. For you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Woo! That's some good stuff right there. Sue, sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So I want you to jump down to verse 25. It says this. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming. The one who is called Christ, when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then his disciples came. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them have the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Why are you talking to her? The woman left her jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. So let's pray. So Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this day, God, and we thank you, God, for tonight. Lord, we ask that you would move in here, Jesus. Lord, we pray that lives would be changed. Lord, we pray for, the, for tonight and for the next nights, Lord, that you would just move throughout the service. Lord, we pray that you would get all the glory and no one else, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. So I kind of want to go over this conversation that Jesus had with this Samaritan woman. But first, I want to give you a little context with the Jews and the Samaritans. The Jews hate the Samaritans. They can't stand being around them. And this goes like years and years in the past where the Jews were sent to, the Jews migrated to Samaria and they ended up having relations with these Gentiles, therefore producing a half breed or a mixed race called the Samaritans. So think about this. The Jews, when they look at the Samaritans, they can't stand to be around them. They can't stand to even look at them. I think about that. I think about some of you, maybe Trump and Hillary supporters out there, where you just can't stand to be around them, where the more you talk to them, the more you realize how much you hate them. And, and this is where it is, where the Jews and the Samaritans can't stand being around each other. So we have this Jew, which is Jesus, meeting the Samaritan woman at the well. And I want to go over their conversation because I believe that God has put a word over this story for me. So I want you to turn to verse 9. And this is just after Jesus has asked her for a drink of water. And this is her response. The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? So when I first read this, I kind of thought, man, this, this lady has some, some attitude, man. Like, all Jesus did was ask her for a drink, but she gave him some attitude. How many know some people with attitude in here? Anybody? I want you to tell your neighbor, you got some attitude. So, so the, the, this woman, this woman with some attitude was talking to Jesus. And she's telling him, don't you know who I am? Why are you asking me for a drink? But I'm here, and I think it goes a little deeper than that. Her response is not just her attitude. I believe when Jesus asked her for a drink, her response is coming from her past. Her response is coming from her circumstance. So when Jesus asked her for a drink, it wasn't just necessarily attitude. It was all the things that had happened to her previously. Maybe the things, maybe Jews have said something to her. 
She has something against the Jews because the Jews hate them. So think about that. It goes deep. It's not just her attitude. It goes all the way to her past. So when Jesus asked her for a drink, she gave him attitude. Her response was from the past, and she missed him. Her response was from the past, and she let all that consume her, and she failed to recognize that she was talking to Jesus. He was standing face to face with her, and she still didn't recognize Jesus. I've been here practically my whole life. I've lived in church. I've been coming since I was born, basically. I was pretty much born in this church. But for most of my life, Jesus was face to face with me, and I still did not recognize him. This woman did not recognize him. She missed him. I missed him. And some of you out there miss him. Some of you out there are so consumed with your life. You're so consumed with your past and your circumstance that when Jesus is face to face with you, you can't recognize him. But I'm here to encourage you too. If you truly knew who Jesus was, your response would be different. If this woman knew that he would be the one that they prophesied that, she, that he would die for her, her response wouldn't be what it, what, what it was. In Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, it says this, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. I think if she would have known that he was going to die for her, her response would have been a little different, I think. I don't think she would have gave Jesus some attitude. But something happens when you believe in Jesus. There's a story that, that, I, that I know of, and I'm going to tell you guys. Hopefully you guys like it. It's a little cheesy, but I'm a cheesy guy, so... so so this man had an opportunity to, to play Kobe Bryant. Shout out to Mike. Play Kobe Bryant one-on-one. -on -one. And he says that he was invited to the Staples Center, and he went out, he met Kobe, and he says that they went all out. They had the scoreboard, they have referees. And so he started to play Kobe Bryant one-on-one, -on -one, and Kobe did not let up. Kobe, it was, it was about 50 to zero, and Kobe was still going hard. He was not, he was not letting up. And so at 10 seconds before the game ended, Kobe Bryant called a timeout. And he's thinking to himself, like, why would Kobe, he's up by 50 points, why would he call a timeout? Like, I mean, I, I think that's pretty mean. Why, like, there's no need to call a timeout. The game's already over. But, but, he, but he said Kobe did something that he would never forget. He called a timeout, and he said he walked up to me, and he said this. He said, take off your jersey. And he took off his and he gave, Kobe gave him his jersey. And he says, give me yours. And so when 10 seconds went by, the game ended. And the score didn't change. It was still 50 to 0. But it was the winner who changed. It wasn't, it wasn't Kobe anymore. It was the man who didn't deserve to win. I think about that and I think, man, that's what Jesus did for you and I. That's what Jesus did. He said, I'll take your jersey, and I'll exchange you for mine. 
He says, you got a jersey of death. You got a jersey of sin. It's okay. Give me it because you deserve to win. You see, Jesus didn't have to do it. He didn't have to, to let us win. But he did it because he loves you and I. Jesus is so in love with you that he would die for you. So when Jesus asked this woman for a drink of water, she was so caught up in her past that she failed to recognize him. But I'm telling you, when you truly believe in Jesus, your response to him will always change. If you truly knew that Jesus was such a loving God, if you truly believed that he was so faithful, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, it says, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. Like I told you guys before, I grew up in this church, and I believe I was probably one of the most unfaithful Christians out there. I, I grew My dad's a pastor. I grew up in church, but I was so unfaithful to Jesus. But check this out. He remained faithful to me. He gave me a good house to grow up in. He gave me a good family. He gave me some good jobs. But that's because Jesus is faithful. Even when you're not faithful. You see, if we truly believed in Jesus, then we would recognize him when he's face to face with us. If we truly, really believed in Jesus, your response would be different. And so when you believe in Jesus, you start to believe in who he says you are. You start to believe in your identity. You start to believe that that you are a child of God. But, but let me tell you something. There's an opposition at hand. The enemy wants to destroy your identity. The enemy will do whatever it takes to rob you of it. He will tell you that you can be someone without Jesus. You can do something without Jesus. It's okay. And so the enemy will, will feed you lies. And I look at this story. And all Jesus did was want to give this woman the living water. All Jesus wanted to do was to show her the gift that God had for her. If we go to verse 10, it says this. Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would be giving you living water. But the thing that kind of trips me out is the next verse, her response is a little different. It says, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? You have Jesus explaining to her, I can give you living water. I am the one who can do it. But she still refuses to believe that. And so what I believe is going on here, I believe there's some spiritual warfare going on. I know this is a youth and young adult conference, and we don't normally talk about it, but there is a spiritual battle going on. Even when you're face-to-face -face with Jesus, the enemy will do whatever it takes to remove you from that. This woman was talking to Jesus, yet there was some spiritual warfare going on. The enemy was so, so persistent in her life that, that when she was talking to Jesus, she couldn't recognize him. 
But when we begin to believe in Jesus, like I said, something happens. When we believe in Jesus, we recognize now who we're talking to. When we believe in Jesus, we begin to believe that we are a child of God. It says in John chapter 1, verse 12, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. All you have to do is believe in Jesus. All you have to do is believe in him, but we complicate it so much. We complicate it thinking we have to do all these things. But Jesus says, all you have to do is believe in me and accept me, and you have the right to become a child of God. You know, I believe some of you in this room, you need to take your right back. You need, you need to step up and believe that you are a child of God. Because the enemy for so long has held that against you. Has said, no, 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 God doesn't love you. He just, you're just like the Samaritans. Jews hate you. But Jesus is there saying, if you believe in me, you have the right to become a child of God. So when you believe in Jesus, you recognize him when he's face to face with you. When you believe in Jesus, you start to believe in your identity. You start to believe that you really are a child of God. And now he starts to really be your fulfillment. It says in verse 13, Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give them will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Jesus is letting this woman know that you can go somewhere else. You can do whatever you want. You can find your water somewhere else, but you're going to be thirsty again. You see, you can go and do what you want. You can go have sex. You can go watch pornography. You can go do drugs. and It'll satisfy you for a little bit. But then again, you're going to get thirsty again. You're going to need to do it again to satisfy your need. And Jesus is saying to you, I will give you water that you'll never be thirsty again. Jesus is letting you know I'm the true fulfillment. I'm the true satisfaction. You don't have to go anywhere else but through me. It says in Psalms 107, verse 9. And I'm going to read half of this scripture. It says this, Some of you wandered for years in the desert, looking but not finding a place to live. Half starved and parched with thirst, staggering and stumbling on the brink of exhaustion. But then it says, then. Then, in your desperate condition, you called out to God. He got you out in the nick of time. He put your feet on a wonderful road that he took you straight to a good place to live. So thank God for his marvelous love, for his miracle mercy to the children he loves. He poured great drops of water down parched throats, the starved and hungry, got plenty to eat. Oh, I, I love that scripture. 
But I feel like some of you may be wandering in the desert right now. You may be looking for things to eat, looking for something to drink, but you can't find it. And God is saying, all you have to do is be a little desperate for me. All you got to do is to seek me a little bit, and you're going to find it. He says, if you cry out to God, he says, and you're desperate, you called out to God, and he got you out in the nick of time. All you need to do is believe in Jesus. It's a process. This is a process that we have to go through. You start to believe in your identity. You start to believe that you're a child of God. You begin to be fulfilled with Jesus. And then you believe that you truly are forgiven. You see, Jesus is ready to show you. He's ready, he's ready to give you the gift that God has for you. He's ready to show you how much he loves you. He's ready to show you that you really are forgiven. There's a story that, that happened in my life and that I want to share with you guys. And this was years, years ago. And then I remember I was going through a tough time in my life. I was doing a lot of things I shouldn't have been doing. I was going to places I shouldn't have been going to. And I was just in a very dark place in my life. And I, I, I was going behind my parents' back. I was lying to them. I was doing all these things until one day I got caught. <laughs> You're going to get caught, just letting you guys know. <laughs> one, one day I got caught. And I remember I knew, I knew my parents knew. And I was like, man, I got to go. I got to go tell them. I, might as well. They know. So I remember one night I went to my dad's house and Mike was with me. And, and we went there and I was in my dad. We were at my dad's house and we went to the garage and my dad was there. And so I went and he had a, he had a seat already for me. So... <laughs> So I already knew, okay, that's where I'm sitting. So I went in there, and I sat down. And he says, okay, tell me. And at that point, I already knew he knew. I already knew that, 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 that this guy, that my dad knew exactly what, what I had done. And so I, I started to tell him. I was just, I was full of guilt. I was full of shame. And I told my dad all these things. I told him I was doing this when I told you I was at this place. I was going this. I was doing that. I completely lied to you. This is what I was doing, Dad. I'm sorry, but this, this, is, this is who I am. This is what I've been doing. And I remember every time I would tell him what I would do, I can see it in his eyes that I'm hurting him. It was so bad that my mom couldn't even be in the room with me because she was so hurt already. And I started to tell him all these things, and it's like a, a slap in the face to him. And I'm hurting him over and over again until finally it was it. I told him everything. And he does something I will never forget. And I, ha I had my head down. I'm sitting there, and he says in his deep voice, look, look at me. 
And I, I look at him, and I'm thinking he's going to, like, slap me or beat me or get a bow down and hit me. But he does something I will never forget. He says, even though you lied to me, even though you disobeyed me, even though you broke your mom and I's heart, he says, I love you. And he says, I forgive you. And I sat there so confused. <laughs> like, literally for almost years, I was so confused on why he did that. How can my dad forgive me when I completely disobeyed him? I completely lied straight to his face. I was, I was a terrible son. And he tells me he loves me. He tells me he forgives me. And for years, I was so confused. Until one day, I understood why he did that. One day I came, I had a revelation from God. And I remember God spoke to me. And he says, I use your dad to show you how much I love you. I use your dad to show you how much I forgive you. You see, there's nothing you can do. There's no place you can go. It doesn't matter how you are, who you are. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. It says in 1 Peter 3.18, Christ suffered and died for our sins once and for all. You see, when you believe in Jesus, you start to believe in your identity. You start to believe that you are a child of God. You become fulfilled with Jesus. You understand and you truly believe now that you are really forgiven. You see, when you truly experience the love and forgiveness of God, you find your purpose in life. You find your purpose. In verse 28 of John chapter 4, it says this. The woman left her water jar besides the well, beside the well, and ran back to the village telling everyone, "Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah?" So the people came streaming from the village to see him. I'm going to stop right there. This woman experienced the love and the forgiveness of God. And what she does, it, it caught my attention. It says, the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone. You see, when Jesus truly, when, when you believe that Jesus truly loves you, when you believe that Jesus is really real, you'll drop anything for Jesus. You'll drop anything to pursue the call of God. 
This woman understood that. So when she experienced that, she left her water jar beside. And she went to go tell people about him. You see, when you fulfill your purpose, not only will you cause others to believe in Jesus, but you will cause them to seek him themselves. I want you to go to verse 42, and I'm, this will be my last scripture, I promise. It says this. So this is the crowd that she was talking to. The, this, the crowd is talking to the woman, and, she sa- and it says this. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. And now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. When you fulfill your purpose, you cause others to believe, but you will cause others to seek him. You will cause others to experience what you've experienced. You'll cause them to believe. You'll cause them to believe in their identity, and then you'll cause them to believe in their purpose. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.